Hey guys, Rachel here. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's different from what we normally do. So this episode is going to have obviously our own sponsors, but it's also going to have the guest sponsors mentioned as well. Okay, and this is something that I normally do not do, but I'm trying to do something a little different going forward where drivers can actually just go ahead and shout out their sponsors. And if they have certain promo codes or whatever, you know, I'll run something for it. Because to be honest, this is how a lot of these drivers make their extra income. Right. Um, especially women uh, that are in motorsports. Obviously, I want them to be able to get all the income that they can get. So um, so today's guest uh, is a woman in NASCAR. Uh, this is Mandy Chick, who is in the Arca Menard series. And um, so this first part of the episode, I'm going to go ahead and. Throw in it, throw in an ad for uh, a special offer that Mandy and Kansas Speedway have kind of put together. Uh, so, for the Arca race on September eighth, um, Mandy and Kansas Speedway have partnered to offer um, a spe- special, you know, ticket codes and uh, also for the access to the fan walk so uh, i am going to leave that link in the description it is through fivo.com and you guys are would be will be able to uh, have direct access to that also um another uh another thing racerware uh racerware.store um if you use the code chick um, you can do that for a discount at checkout. So once again, that is racerware.store. Use the promo code CHICK and you guys get a discount at checkout. And we also have Mandy's Short Track Heroes page. So... Um, there's going to be new merch that's dropping pretty much for Kansas Speedway. So, guys, you guys go there. It's a shorttrackheroes.com slash collection slash Mandy dash chick. And that link will be in the description as well. So, yeah, guys, uh, like I said, um, definitely check out those offers that Mandy and her team have provided for you guys. And without further ado, here is the episode. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. Uh, she is a driver um, in the Arca Menard series. Also, um, she's on a family-owned team, 
and start um and she also was the nascar missouri state rookie of the year um i mean she's done so much she's been cars tour uh, all stars tour she's been in the she's in now she is actually a woman woman in stem engineering major and in, she's currently interning at general motors in michigan so welcome mandy chick hi mandy hi thank you so much for having me today oh no i'm glad you're you're able to take time out of your busy hectic schedule to be able to be on the podcast because <laughs> i know you know between the two of us like trying to nail down a date was hectic so like it that's was a challenge it definitely was i was like oh my gosh it's like it, how are we gonna get this to happen because it was taking forever but i mean obviously we were both busy had all different mm -hmm. things going on so i knew eventually it was gonna happen yeah so. for sure but yeah, so obviously, I mean, you've been racing for quite some time. So um, what, like, how did you guys get started in racing in the first place? Yeah, so I'm a third generation racer. My dad and my grandpa raced before I did. And uh, my grandpa mainly built a lot of cars, built a lot of road racing cars. Um, they did a lot of like 24 hours of Daytona and those kinds of races. Um, my dad started racing around when he was a teenager and raced asphalt modifieds and then crew chiefed several late model programs and uh, even owned a NASCAR truck team from about 01 to 05. And I um, started kind of growing up. I was born in 01. So I started kind of growing up um, and learning about the racing. I was immersed in it and really started getting an interest early on. And at six years old, I was put in a race car and started racing and absolutely loved it. I've never looked back, um, but it's just, it's second nature to me. It's a family thing. And I've just been kind of climbing the ladder since quarter midgets at six years old. Yeah, which is impressive because you <laughs> did quarter midgets, then you, you know, did the, the all-stars tour mm -hmm. and then now you you're in the arca series mm -hmm. so like so for you bouncing from different divisions like that was it challenging like were there certain things that like you possibly had to unlearn um moving up because i know obviously being a driver you know sometimes you get bad habits from certain cars right absolutely absolutely it's it it has always been a learning process for me. I went straight from um, USAC quarter midgets at 12 years old to from six until 12, all the way into USRA dirt modifieds. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> that was a big change at 12 years old and raced that for a couple of years to get me some dirt experience. It was the best thing we could have done for my racing because it taught me valuable car control. Um, I learned a lot in the dirt cars, but I naturally, when I started, wanted to drive them like an asphalt car. Um, so I did have to unlearn that a little bit and um, learn how to adapt to a loose car and to a dirt car. And, and then uh, did a part-time campaign with the dirt modifieds and asphalt late models. And then we jumped full-fledged um, full into late models full-time. So 
Then when I was racing late models full time, we dipped back into dirt midgets just to kind of keep my skills sharp on race weekends when we're not traveling. And um, we've been doing that off and on for the last several years. And then last July, we decided to um, sell our late model team and get into ARCA. So it has been um, quite the mixture of different backgrounds of racing. And I've learned so much along the way. But I also, like you said, I've had to learn a lot of things, unlearn other things. There are habits that um, filter through over time. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a great learning process. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome that they had you kind of balance between both sides because yeah, like you mentioned, it, it makes you a very well-versed driver because you're able to handle different situations. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's even, it's even a change just on dirt when you change to a different car. So like for you to change from asphalt to dirt, uh -huh. And going back and forth, uh, that, I mean, that takes extreme talent because, you know, because, I mean, obviously you're going from dirt that, like, once it grabs rubber, it becomes like ice and you're trying to control it to yeah, going on asphalt and, you know, pretty much having to make sure, you know, your tires are heated up, right? Like, and mm -hmm. constant, you know, so it's just yeah. all of that at one time in your brain. Yeah, you guys are like superhumans. <laughs> like I tell was, my husband that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And even um, when we were doing that part-time campaign of both race cars, the dirt modifieds and the asphalt eight models, we would literally load up both cars on a Thursday night and go race the dirt car on Friday and the asphalt car on Saturday. And the best piece of advice someone gave me, and I never believed them until I witnessed it, but they told me, hey, make sure when you unload, you know, what car you're racing and what kind of track you're racing at because your driving style changes based on what track you're at yeah. what car you're driving and you have to consistently adapt your driving style and that was the best advice i could have gotten because that's so important for drivers especially in the arca series and on up you're going to different tracks every weekend mm -hmm. so i really learned that very early on and that was valuable yeah and uh, and that makes sense because i mean also depending on what track you go to the shape of it, the size of it, you know, if you're going from a track that's, an, you know, an eighth of a mile to a quarter of a mile, I mean, that makes a big difference. Yeah, so, even on asphalt tracks yeah. that are banked and flat and yeah. everything in between. Yeah, there are a lot of different track characteristics you have to adjust to. Yeah. And also, like, like you mentioned, too, like, if you've been racing at an asphalt track the night before, and then you're about to go on a dirt track, yeah, like you have to almost like turn that switch off really quick, right? Because you don't yes. really have any time. It's like, yes, I, I was in an asphalt car last night. Oh, I got to be in a dirt car tonight. So I can't do what I did in that other car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And being able to flip flop like that, like that quickly and not really have a ton of practice in between, especially if you just were like, you know what, we're not this far from this track, let's just, let's just go to there. And you didn't really exactly. practice at that track. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's wild. It's, <laughs> it's been the best experience to get to learn all of that. Well, and also like, and that's one thing that I've always mentioned about just drivers in general. It's like, you guys take so much risk like that. Like, you're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to a track I haven't practiced on just grab my car and go and just hope for the best, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that happens a lot in racing. 
It's like, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know anything about this track, but you know what? I'm just going to go jump on it and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Might not have the right gear for that track either, but <laughs> you know what? No big deal. Just go out there. Because, oh, yeah. there's been plenty of times we've done that. Like my <laughs> husband's like, you know what? I don't think I have a tall enough gear to be running here. I'm like, it's too late now. We're here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, full send it. <laughs> exactly. Just full send. And just, you know, what happens, happens. And mm -hmm. yeah, like, I noticed that too. It's like, it's, it's just wild sometimes, like when you take risks like that, you know, but, yeah. but that's, I mean, that's the whole point of being in motorsports anyway. It's like, you're yeah. taking a chance on yourself and it's something that you love to do. And obviously you growing up in a family that did that forever, you know, with yeah. you being third generation, you know, then you especially understand it. You grew up around it your whole life. And mm -hmm. see, that's kind of how it is with my kids. My kids have grown up around it their whole entire lives. So, of course, one is more interested in it than the other. My oldest isn't very much interested. Like, she <laughs> she likes racing, but, like, she is not, I would say, obsessed with it compared to my youngest daughter. She wants to jump in a car. Like, she <laughs> wants to get in a dirt late model like her dad. Nice. So, like, she that's, that's, like, her thing. She's, like, Good for her. she wants to do that. And, I mean, she's now, she's she's 15 so she's old enough to actually do it yeah. um but you know but she wants to race against her dad and i'm like oh well i guess that means i'm gonna have to start funding a team now okay so because at first he was like you know what i'll just retire because he i mean he he said eventually he wanted to get out of the car and give it to her um mm -hmm. and just let her drive but she said no it has to be a father daughter like team and so I'm like, okay, so you pretty much just put me in charge of trying to find a whole team, you know, like, then give me a choice. You just told me that I have to fund a team. So, okay, so, like, I'm going to have to, you know, start, I'm just going to have to start selling stuff, you know, obviously, like, the podcast is going to have to start paying me now, you know, because I'm going to have to fund the team, you know, that I just found out about, you know, I didn't have any time to prepare for it. <laughs> that's funny. So I was like, oh, okay. So like now, you know, we have a team that's partially funded because we only have one car and we don't have the other one yet. So yeah. So now it seems like that's, that's my, my goals now is to fund my, my child's racing career. Um, <laughs> you know, racing career. Um, until she goes off to college and then, but, and then that's what I told her. I'm like, you know, you have three years before you start college. She's like, mom, I'm going to school, like not even 20 minutes away. So I'm going to be at the racetrack every weekend with you guys. Like that, that's not an, like, that's not happening where you're going to leave me, you know? <laughs> right. I'm right. like, okay, so yeah, so you're going to stay close to home because LSU is right there, you know? Yeah. So, and she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, and I'm going to the racetrack with you every weekend too. Like that's not changing <laughs> just because I'm in college. I'm like, okay. So, awesome. so that means you would still be racing, you know, when you go to college too. Absolutely. I'm like, all right. So, because I'm like, I'm not about to go like fund your career for three years. And then you just be like, you know what? I'm going off to college. I'm not doing it. 
that's why I'm like, yeah. so you'd have to be committed. She's like, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I, Let I me tell you, racing during college is a fast way to make friends. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. It's different in high school, but making friends in college, so much easier with the racing and all of that. <laughs> But I guess it helps that I'm in a small community of 2,000 students. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know how many people go to LSU now. Like, I have no idea. I mean, I've been out of college for quite some time. I'm aging myself. But yeah, um, so I don't, I have no idea. But I mean, I, I'm just. I, yeah, I know it's more than 2,000. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many people. We're a small school. <laughs> so is it like a private school or is it? It is. It's a private engineering school. We're the number one undergraduate engineering school in the country. Um, so we have been, I think, that for almost 25 years. And I'm super proud of our small school. We've been around yeah. since 1874. So a oh, lot wow. of history. Yeah. A lot of awesome people in racing have, um, and successful people in racing have graduated from Rose. Uh, I go to Rose Holman in Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh. And um, like Tim Sendrick, president of Team Penske, he graduated from Rose Holman with a mechanical engineering degree and wow. several others. So yeah, we're, we're small and we're private engineering, um, which is awesome because it's the bonds on campus and the community is just so special. Oh, well, that's that's really neat. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, I mean, they've had multiple people like that are, you know, pretty big names like in NASCAR yeah. and just like in motorsports in general that have that are alumni there. I mean, that shows, you know, what their program is truly about. And obviously it, it works because I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have some pretty prestigious people that have gone there. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, like, and the fact that it's a historical college, I'm, I'm sure there's probably like so many people that have probably gone to that school that like did so many things. Like, yeah, over yeah there's so many different, there's biomedical engineering companies that have been started by Rose students. There's, I mean, so many awesome entrepreneurs, there's racing people, there's such a variety of things mm -hmm. that people have done. It's been really cool to see that. Yeah, that's really neat. So obviously you having to balance college and racing and obviously now you have your internship too. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? <laughs> the short answer is I don't know. <laughs> the long answer is I am a type A personality, typical engineer. I have all of my spreadsheets and my to-do lists and I'm big on those that I live by those. Um, so I pretty much, I wouldn't want to give up any part of what I'm doing. So I just always figure out how to make it work and how to sneak extra time in there somehow. Um, my internship has kept me pretty busy this summer, but they have allowed me the flexibility to um, be hybrid. So I've worked from different places in the country, visiting family and traveling, um, doing some racing stuff and all. So it it's all kind of a, a mixture of things um, that keep me, you know, that keeps me organized and all. But going back to school in um, just two short weeks and uh, coming to the realization that my internship is ending. So <laughs> a little bit, a little bit sentimental over that, but I'm excited to um, have Kansas on the horizon for us and kind of get back into a routine with school. Yeah, no, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, and, and wow, I mean, you guys 
uh, I would have assumed that you guys would have started earlier than, you know, almost the end of August, but you know, um, yeah, our, our schedule is really weird. Uh, we start the Thursday before Labor Day and we go until the week before Memorial Day. So it's shifted slightly and we're also on a trimester system. So every 10 weeks we take 16 to 18 credit hours and then a week of break. So we actually get three rounds of 16 to 18 credit hours in oh, a year. Wow. So, um, but the breaks at in the middle of the semester and at the end are so awesome and well-timed because we have breaks um, typically on a race weekend in October, oh, which okay. is fantastic. <laughs> and then um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, end of February. So right after Daytona and, um, and then we have, we have spring break in the middle of April, which is also typically a race weekend. And then we're out just before the Charlotte weekend of Mm -hmm. Memorial day. Yeah. Cause I put you around Talladega, you know, for Mm -hmm. April. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great that it it almost worked (laughs) out. You know what? I'm wondering if somebody with NASCAR might've had something to do with that. I don't know. It'd be cool (laughs) if they did. (laughs) Because it's just, funny how it's <laughs> all around the NASCAR schedule, yeah, you know, except for they, they really struggled with putting that together for Daytona because Daytona was the weekend before finals. Um, Ooh, yeah. so we ended up racing the weekend before finals. I flew in, um, earlier in the weekend and then, uh, left that Sunday before the 500. I couldn't stay to the 500, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just a busy week of finals. So I had Daytona and enjoyed it and it was an absolute blast. And then I like hit the ground running ready, yeah. <laughs> ready to take finals. Oh, finals are so brutal though. And then the fact that like you literally just flew in for Daytona, flew back, you're probably jet lagged and then you're having to like study for finals. Oh man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I try to get all of my homework done the week before Daytona. Mm-hmm. And then that whole week leading up to Daytona, I'm studying for finals. Oh, okay. So I really yes. try to move my schedule around and make sure that I can do that. Um, but yeah, it gets busy for sure. And I definitely um, crash for many naps on my, on my week break after finals. <laughs> Oh, I don't blame you. Honestly, it's a month off. Like, why not? Oh, finals, yeah, can it can be rough. I remember mm-hmm. that. Ugh, I do yeah. not miss it. I do not. <laughs> um, I'm going into my senior year, so okay, I'm well, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there you go. up all things senior year. I'm um, the president of my sorority chapter on campus, Tri-Delta. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I really think we're going to be building for many years of momentum. So just a lot of things going this next year, but really trying to soak in all the moments of senior year. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And 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 that's awesome that you that you find ways to be part of a sorority too. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you were like stretched thin. Yeah, my my sorority sisters make it all worth it they're my number one supporters they do watch parties of every race and they're just awesome awesome. and they always offer to help me when I'm busy and struggling and just can't get it all done they always help me that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's really cool that's I think that's really like the one thing about Greek life you know that Mm -hmm. um that I always loved is that yeah the whole camaraderie thing um Mm -hmm. you know your sisters are you know, exactly. there for you. Yeah. Um, 
And um, I know, like, I wanted to pledge, but it's like, I just could not find the time to do it. I was just yeah. like, there was no way. But <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I, I totally get why people do. Because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, they become like your second family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're around the right ones. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what it's been for me. It's been nothing but incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and for the people that, like, have never experienced Greek life and you've only seen movies, it's not all like that. But, you know, there are some things that are uh, typical. Like the parties. Yes, the parties are just (laughs) as big as what the movies show you. Okay. That is... That's we're a little more low key since we're in engineering school. We don't have oh, quite yogi guys don't really do that much. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, the parties are pretty accurate, but like some of the other <laughs> stuff isn't. But the parties are. But yeah, it depends on what type of school you go to. Mm-hmm. Like some of the private school. Well, I don't. I don't know about up there, but in Louisiana, the private schools are actually they actually do way more than the public <laughs> colleges do. Like they oh, put gosh. people to shame here. Um, well, because pretty much take those parties times it by ten because they have more funds to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can just blow that type yeah. of money. Yeah. That so obviously. You know, that's why, um, especially if you have a lot of, you know, the wealthy kids, you know, in the private schools. Yeah. So pretty much those parties could be pretty wild because they just have the money just to blow away sometimes, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, (laughs) here at least. But I mean, I, you know, I don't really know what Greek life and stuff is like other places. But yeah, Yeah. it It really does vary. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty wild down here because most of the private, a lot of the private colleges are in New Orleans. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most of the private colleges are in New Orleans. So, I mean, you know, you take all of that and put that together and it's like, yeah, you know, they're having some pretty wild times down there. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but Honestly, I mean, I just think that's amazing that you chose engineering for your degree, Um, you know, because obviously we still don't have that much women in STEM. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so I mean, but did you did you mainly go into it due to racing or was it just something you would have actually probably studied anyway? Yeah, so racing is what sparked my passion for engineering. I started working hands-on with the cars at about 10 or 12 years old and really started questioning why things were the way they are and how we can make things better. We, you know, if we had a part failure and I didn't understand why, it was the investigative work to find little cracks and figure out why those were caused. And so um, I really learned a lot in that process and it continued to spark my, my passion for learning more about it. And so going into school for mechanical engineering was pretty natural. Mm -hmm. Um, But really what I found is it's not, for me, it's not all for racing now um, because I'm loving every piece of it. I'm loving so many different sides of mechanical engineering. I um, was a production engineering intern last summer with Toyota Material Handling in their forklift division. So I worked with a lot of um, manufacturing processes and how we can improve those. 
This summer, I'm working with General Motors as an engineering design intern in their advanced vehicle development, um, I guess, part of their business. And they're about five years out from production is what I'm working on. So I'm working on model years 2027, 2029 right now um, and really have absolutely loved it. So I've been doing some chassis and thermal work. uh, So Mm -hmm doing some radiator brackets and some HVAC ducts and then some coolant lines. So just kind of all well-rounded, but I'm really loving all sides of engineering and don't really want to give that up just Mm -hmm. for racing. It's a, it's a, I want to do both. I want to do racing and I want to do engineering as I go forward. So it's a good balance. Well, and, and also, I mean, you having that background, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even if you, if you chose to not race, right, you could mm-hmm. go work for another team as an engineer if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you truly wanted to. But yeah. I mean, obviously, your passion for racing is there, you know. Yeah, it but, is. <laughs> but, um, but you know, if you know, if something ever changed and mm-hmm. you chose not to, you know, you could always go be an engineer for another team if you mm-hmm. wanted to be. So, I mean, it gives you it gives you multiple options, no matter mm-hmm. what. Um you know, with you having that mechanical background, because you could go do something else if you chose, you know, to not Mm -hmm. race anymore. But I doubt that'll happen. (laughs) 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 It's been interesting because I went to college for mechanical engineering as a plan B because Mm -hmm. I always wanted to make my way through NASCAR and that love for NASCAR and wanting to grow my career, that's not changed but my love for engineering has changed. So now it's like a compliment plan A. <laughs> I'm like, just pile it all on. I want to do it all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, while I have the ability, I want to continue climbing the ladder of NASCAR if I, you know, if I have the financial capability. And so I'm really enjoying immersing myself in the racing world and then also growing my engineering career outside of that as well. Yeah. Well, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and, and like you said, like, also it gives you, it gives you the opportunity to really know a lot about your own car, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and that's something that like, I could never do. Like if I was ever a race car driver is sit there not knowing anything about my car, (laughs) you know? So Yeah. yeah, that would drive me crazy because then I wouldn't know, like, I wouldn't understand what everybody's talking about. And right. it's like, no, I want to know because if I can help, I'll help. And yeah. and yeah, for you, that gives you that advantage because you can, you could actually work on your car if you wanted to, um, mm-hmm. you know, or possibly make suggestions or whatever, you know, yeah. you could actually almost be your own crew chief, but, <laughs> but obviously you don't want to do that, especially not NASCAR. Like that's not really possible. But, you know, but, you know, but still, like, you could actually collaborate with your crew chief instead of just your crew chief being, like, telling everybody to do a specific thing. You actually know what's going on and you actually understand where he's coming up with all this stuff instead Mm -hmm. of you not knowing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think my knowledge in engineering, I always tell people this, but I think my knowledge in engineering, um makes me a better driver because I understand what's happening. I can give clear feedback to my team. A lot of drivers um, in the higher levels of NASCAR can't give that clear, concise feedback because they don't understand what they're, what they're feeling. Right. Um, 
And so I think that's been something that has kind of given me a leg up in the series that I'm in is I'm starting to put it all together and understand how the systems work and really understand what I'm feeling. And then also my racing and my my hands-on um, in-application experience really helps me in the classroom because when something is introduced in the classroom, I understand it because I felt mm-hmm. it. When people go through the examples and they talk about different um, phenomena in racing, I understand it because I've mm-hmm. actually experienced that mm-hmm. while other engineering students take a long time to grasp different right. concepts. Yeah. So I'm really... I'm really excited for a class this fall is vibration analysis. And I really think that's going to be um, to be really interesting because I have a lot of that like experience with racing. Yeah. And that, I mean, there's so much of that that goes into racing. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, car, the car is literally shaking because I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going at such high speeds anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, But yeah, like you mentioned for you, you kind of have that upper hand because you've been in a car that does that, like, and Mm -hmm. and you do it almost every weekend. So, yeah, like, (laughs) I mean, it's pretty, so like for you, you might be able to obviously catch up catch on to all of that stuff pretty quickly. Um, Yeah. Because yeah, you have firsthand experience at it. So yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That. But, but I think that, I think that's a great thing because you kind of already have experience and Mm -hmm. see these other students, they don't have that because, you know, they're, they're going to school. And then after that, they're probably going to intern somewhere, but you have already experienced that stuff because you're the driver that's gone through it. And then also, you know, you, you have access to your team and you can actually, you know, learn on the job. Um, and they, you know, they, they don't even have that yet. Like you're already, you're already like years ahead of them So (laughs) because technically, you know, you've already had, you know, a lot of that, um, you know, for, cause I mean, you debuted in ARCA in 2022. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're a senior, you're, you know, you're going into your senior year. So you've already, you've already had like the upper hand, you know, Mm -hmm. already. Like, I've certainly been able to bring a lot of experiences to the classroom. So that's yeah. Awesome. And then obviously just, you know, being in other cars. I mean, you've been driving since you were six. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you like. It's natural to me. Yeah. So like, to be honest, like you could have handed in a resume at like eight. And like, <laughs> you know, because you already I knew really a lot of stuff. I had a driver resume at eight. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> But I mean, it's true. If you think You're about right. it, you already have technically an engineering background. You just mm-hmm. don't like, you know, you're not like sitting in a classroom and getting a paper for it. Yeah. Right. That's the only difference. Pretty much. If you think about it, almost every driver, if they if they truly pay attention to what their crew chiefs are saying, what everybody on their team actually physically does. Mm hmm technically has an engineering background but they just don't mm-hmm. have a piece of paper to say that they do right you know because you are because you're learning all of those things you learn how the you know how the car handles and you mm-hmm. know you ha- like you said you have to be able to give feedback on what what's going on and if you know some terminology, right like mm-hmm. then you can really tell somebody what's going on with the car and you can also mm-hmm 
possibly troubleshoot it with them. So technically you have a, you have an engineering background. Yeah, pretty much. And really, I mean, I put it on my resume when I apply to different internships and positions mm -hmm. with companies is uh, being able to say as a 21 year old that I have 15 years of racing experience. So special, yeah. so special. And when I look back at that 15 years, um, I have loved every minute of it and have soaked up so much. Um, so yeah, you're right. I have a lot of experience in the, in the industry, a lot of, you know, and not even just the hands-on and driving, but also learning how to manage a race team and help mm -hmm. coordinate logistics. And there's oh, just yeah. so much that goes into a race weekend. So yeah, it's, it's really helped me be a well-rounded individual. <laughs> yeah. It, and it's crazy because a lot of people don't realize how much work it takes just to leave your house to go exactly. racing that weekend mm -hmm. like i go through this every pretty much almost every other week and it's like it, it's crazy because like i like i was trying to do that and do the podcast on fridays no like it was so it was it got <laughs> yeah, fridays are just right off I days like, no. yeah <laughs> like i actually have it where I'm close on Fridays, like for like, even if we're not mm -hmm. racing, um, because just in case, because it, mm -hmm. with him, he could just be like, you know what, why don't we go racing this weekend mm -hmm. somewhere else? Yeah. I, 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 I don't want that to happen. So I automatically keep Fridays closed now. Yeah. But yeah, like because I was trying to do the podcast sometimes on the, on Fridays, and there was no way I could do that. Um, and I, I'm like after work because I work a regular job, you know, but, you know, earlier in the day. But I'm like I'm not doing anything with podcasts. I'm like I'm closed. Like I have an yeah. out of office message on Fridays that goes out through my email, and mm -hmm. my team that works for me they don't work on Fridays. I'm like you guys yeah. don't work on Friday. They they still get paid though because I'm not that I'm not that type of person. But you know, well, no, it's Monday <laughs> through Thursday, and that's it. Yeah, like Fridays, you have a long weekend. You know, have a good weekend because exactly. I'm, I'm not about to do that. Like I did that like twice, and I was like, never again. I cannot do that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm done. Like no Fridays. Because yeah, like it takes so much time because I'm prepping before, before Friday, because you have to, because I mean, Fridays when we, you know, when we go racing, we race Friday nights. So I have to start prepping by the beginning of the week mm -hmm. and just little things here and there, but still like yeah, people don't realize like how, and then obviously this is on a small local scale. So, I mean, for you guys, oh gosh, I don't want to know when you guys start because I'm sure you start way earlier than that. Yeah. I mean, we, um, as a family owned team in the ARCA series, I mean, it's just, it's wild. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it because not only do we have to prep our equipment, like a lot of, a lot of drivers in the series just show up on weekends and a team has brought their car to the oh, track and yeah. we have, we have our own equipment in our team. So mm -hmm. we maintain it, we rebuild stuff, we quality check it all. So it's pros and cons because it's a lot of workload, but we also have control over how it does and what right. the quality is. Um, but I mean, we just a couple of weeks ago just started our Kansas prep for September 8th. 
So mm. you have to stay ahead and take the weekends that are free um, to your advantage and work as much as you can to get it early, get it done early. But I mean, we also have, um, we have a lot of the PR side, which I'm lucky that um, we were able to get a PR manager this year. And she's been absolutely incredible and in really carrying the marketing and PR of the team. But um, there's a lot of prep on that and making sure that fans know where we're going to be on weekends. And mm -hmm. um, there, there's the logistics. We call my mom the wellness ambassador. So she always makes sure we have food and right. um, and everyone is, stays hydrated through the weekend and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then we also have lists that we have to turn into ARCA with who our crew members are for the weekend. And that has to be turned in a couple weeks ahead. And so there are a lot of different pieces oh, wow. that if you don't have it all together in a list that, you know, some of those can slip through the cracks. So we start as soon as possible, as early as possible on different things that need to be done for race weekend. It's, it's a lot to manage and we're wow. a volunteer crew. So we don't have any, um, any paid crew members. Um, we just, don't have the budget at the moment, but um, we're lucky that people dedicate their time to work for us. And so that's yeah. been fantastic. But as a volunteer crew and a small family owned team, we, um, we work a lot of time uh, oh, just yeah. trying to get it all together. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and I know ARCA is expensive to run because um, I remember when Amber mentioned how she might not have been racing after uh, the last time you guys uh, went to Kansas because mm -hmm. she wasn't sure if she wasn't it was going to get the sponsorship funding. And a guy in her comments was like, hey, like I would be willing to buy a spot, you know, like how much like how much does it range? Like I've never done that before. And the amounts that she gave were astronomical and like this guy's like oh well i'm i'm a very small business like i i couldn't do that i didn't realize that they were that much yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy like she said that it like the range like it was such a big range it was ridiculous she said like five thousand to like i forgot like it was over a million though it was wow. like um and i was like wow that's crazy yeah. Right. And mean, that's per race. That's not, you know, that's not like, you know, a package deal where you get this for like so long, like the whole season. No, that's per race. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a big range. And I think a lot of that depends on what overhead you have with the team. And so if you have a full um, a full crew of paid members, it's a lot more. And then mm -hmm. for volunteer, it's a lot less, but still, I mean, it's challenging to put together the funding and make sure that we have, you know, have it solidified for the season to be able to announce our plans. And, um, so we're, we're a small, like I said, we're still a small team and we're just building as we can. And, um, we expected to race a couple of more races this year, um, but just had some logistical issues, especially with me in an internship. Um, it's right. really important that I dig in and learn when I can. And so, um, I'm excited to be at Kansas September 8th and that will round out our season and we'll come guns a blazing for uh daytona i'm so excited for daytona and talladega next year and um it's been a big building year we've bought a lot of equipment and really um built pristine cars and so yeah it's um it's challenged 
challenging to put all the pieces together and sure it is expensive, but really it'll be worth it in the end. And um, yeah, it was a big building year for us, but we're we're looking forward to many more years in ARCA to come. Yeah. And, and you guys will definitely get there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, even though you guys are, you know, a small, a small team, um, obviously this is your passion, right? And so you're, you know, when you're passionate about something, you're going to do whatever it takes, right. To make Make it last and make it sustain. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, I, I'm sure that you're going to be around for a lot longer than that. But, um, and honestly, and I, and I'm, I love seeing it, you know, because there's so many women now in ARCA, like, you know, that, that's more women. I mean, we have more women right now in NASCAR than we've had in a long time. Yeah. And I'm very happy about it because, you know, for the longest, I mean, we had Danica Patrick and that was it, you know? Yeah. And, and it's Mm -hmm. like that, that it should have never been like that. Like we should have had more women, like, on a consistent basis it's like we would always end up with like just one or maybe two at one time but they were in different divisions but that didn't always happen like it's pretty much always just been like one you know yeah right so long and so (laughs) to have you and tony and amber and Haley and natalie you know all Mm -hmm. coming together in this sport like uh-huh. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad to see it. It's like, yeah, it's been absolutely. too long. Like we shouldn't, have had, we shouldn't have had to go that long to have, you know, and that's still not a, that's still a small amount, you know, that's not a lot of women and, but it's way more than we, than we've ever had at one time. So yeah, I'm grateful for that, <laughs> you know, but yeah, like I, you guys are all, you know, really amazing women that are trying to, you know, get your names out there, but you're also becoming role models for younger women, you know, or older women. Cause some of us, you know, might all of a sudden be like, you know what, I want to go jump in a race car <laughs> at 40 or 50, you know, just because, um, actually I, I actually interviewed, um, I don't know if you know her, but she's, she did, um, like the like pro mods. Um, okay. well, Dina Paris, so she, um, I interviewed her. Is she? She's amazing. But she used to be an ice skater, an ice capade, oh, wow. and she all of a sudden one day, you know, and I mean, she's she was like in her forties time. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna go drive a race car, and that's <laughs> what she did. And so she she you know so she races you know drag drag cars. Yeah, like it, it's insane because it's like wow, like. Right there, it shows you you could start over at like 40 or 50 and be like, hey, you know what? I just want, I want to go race. Like, I just want to do that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) At first, I was like, oh my gosh, when I saw her, like I saw her Instagram and she talked about like being like going from ice skate being an ice skater i'm like oh my gosh i have to get her on because i just have to hear her story like for me it wasn't it wasn't even like i want other people to hear it too because obviously it's really neat but i was like i just want dina on here just so i can hear it because i want to hear it from her like not read something like i want to actually hear her words like how did you just be, be like you know what I'm just not going to ice skate anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to be a professional ice skater anymore. And I'm just going to go race a car. 
What a story. Yeah. So I was like, this is an amazing story. Yeah. And I was like, I I have to have you on just to be able to hear that. Like, I need to know. (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah. Story there does show that, but most people don't do that. But I love that she did that because that's just amazing Mm -hmm. that she took a risk on herself and, you know, just took the chance and did it. But yeah, yeah, most people don't have like professional ice skating careers and give up that for <laughs> racing, right? So, right. You know, so obviously most women that are, you know, going to, you know, get into racing, obviously they either grew up around it all their lives, mm-hmm. right? Like you did. Yep. And obviously you were going to probably do something with racing, whether you were in a car you know, like you were probably, probably going to still be involved in some way, whether mm-hmm. like being a mechanical engineer or what or mm-hmm. anything, you know. Um, and it's like because the racing is just in your blood. Like you really can't get away from it, even if you truly want it. Right. To right. It's, it's called the racing yeah. bug for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really is. Like you can't get away from it. It's something yeah. that. And the crazy thing is I didn't grow up knowing anything about racing at all mm-hmm. until I met my husband. And now like I could never take racing out of my life. And I've been in mm-hmm. this with him for 18 years and mm-hmm. there's no way, like I would never be able to leave it. Um, because now, like now it's just like, it's like in my blood, it's almost like I grew up with it, but I, you know, I mean, I, Well, I guess you could say I kind of did because it's like when I met my husband, like I was literally like 18, 19. So Um, I was, I was baby. Yeah. (laughs) When you, when you, when you said that you were born in 01, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I literally had started high school in 2000 and I was like, oh my gosh, she was a baby. She wasn't born yet. It's funny. It's funny now because like whenever I hear people say that, Wait, 2000? You weren't born yet? <laughs> Start doing the math. Yeah, like I had to think. I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally started high school the year before she was born. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, but it, well, I guess it's because, like, it's weird to think that somebody that was born in 2000 is in college you know like it's yeah i guess it's just like really weird you know because uh-huh. like it doesn't feel like it's been 23 years yeah since i've been out of high school like it really doesn't feel that way and i'm like yeah because like well well it's been like no it's been what no i graduated in 04 so yeah it's gonna be almost 20 years like it's gonna be almost wow. 20 years yeah it'll be 20 years in 2024 yeah like, I'm already like, what? Like, cause, uh, somebody that I went to school at on Facebook, like they do the, the, they're over the reunion things. They had posted something about looking for, a, you know, a place to do our, you know, our high school reunion. And for some reason it didn't dawn on me, like how long ago that was. <laughs> so when I went look at her, at her thing, she put 20th and I'm like, I know I haven't been out of high school for 20 years. I'm like, are you serious? I've really been out that long. Time flies. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think a lot of it is because 
my oldest daughter is 18. So like, I was a baby raising a baby. And I guess like, <laughs> it does, it, I guess it didn't really like dawn on me that high school was that long ago. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, because I've just been kind of going just going through life, being a mom and stuff, like, I didn't, I guess it just didn't really, it didn't really click. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure. like, it's really been 20 years. <laughs> like, that's, to me, that's just crazy. Like, that next year will be 20 years since I've been out of high school. I'm like, and then, well, my youngest daughter started school yesterday. You know, first day of school was yesterday. <laughs> and, like, it was so weird to me because she went, she started ninth grade. And I'm like, I only got three years left with her. And then she's going to be like, she's going to be out because my oldest daughter, you know, she left home. She's, she's in college, but she's um, with my parents, which is 45 minutes away. Um, Cause the campus that she's going to is literally 10 minutes from their house. So I'm like, oh, wow. there's no reason for you to live at home you might right. as well live out there and drive from there um so yeah sense. she lives out there but yeah it's crazy because it's like i have one kid that's in college and then i have one that literally has like you know she's about to she's going to be graduating high school in like three years and it's crazy because i'm like oh my gosh i will be an empty nester at 40. <laughs> and i'm like that's crazy to me <laughs> but I'm good with it though. I'm good with it. It's just, it's, it's just, it, I didn't real like, it seemed like that all happened way too fast. And it's like, I literally only have three years left with my youngest kid. And yeah. I'm like, how did this happen? Like, <laughs> I don't understand where like all this time just like when mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's like, <laughs> it's crazy how time is. It, it just feels like it goes by way too fast. And it's like, yeah, 20 years went by that fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I work in the admissions office at school and we see a lot of students that get into the college search very early. And we're mm. starting to see class of college year class of 2030 come through. And wow. that is wild to me. That's wild to me. <laughs> so it really it's one of those realizations every day in the admissions office because you're like wait they're just a baby like <laughs> yeah yeah wow <laughs> wild to think. 30. yeah that i didn't even but if you think about it, that's not really that long from now yeah. i think it, they're like sophomore are they going into their sophomore or junior year in high school if they're so yeah. that would be six years from now that they would graduate. Yeah. They'd be going into yeah. junior year. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. <laughs> that would be 20. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah. That just seems so odd. Like, yeah. When I started college, I um, saw my transcript. It was like college class of 2024. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's forever away. It's forever away. Like I'm never going to get through college. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's next year. year. (laughs) Like one of those realizations, like time really did fly. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's crazy how Mm -hmm. fast it goes. Like I, I, yeah. 
believe and it. Even in racing, it's like you start telling stories or something to someone and then you're like, yeah, just last year. And then you're like, wait, that was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fun in racing really makes time fly too, mm-hmm. because you, those memories stick with you forever and they seem like just yesterday. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's like, I think we, we just kind of lose that whole concept of time like when we remember like things that like we that really bring us joy like we don't realize how old that is because it's like the feeling is still there like as if it just happened and i think that's like it kind of just like blurs that whole concept of time like because just like you're enjoying what you know you enjoyed that like and so you're like Mm -hmm. thinking it's not that long ago yeah because the feelings are still pretty fresh like for some reason even though it could have been something that happened like 10 years ago yeah absolutely it's pretty wild how <laughs> time, time feels like the perspective changes so mm-hmm. yeah wow now now we got into like a whole quantum physics thing <laughs> <laughs> like the concept of time <laughs> time space continuum and all that stuff, right you know? <laughs> like <laughs> The, 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 that is this podcast. It's always uh-huh. random. We we always end up on something that has nothing to do with racing, but it's good because that's okay. the point, you know. Like, <laughs> that is the point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and trust me, I could talk about racing all day long, right? Because it's something I me love too. to, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like when you when, like when you have conversations with people, you tend to not just stay on one topic. You just kind of. Yeah let it take you and see where it goes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, I think that's awesome. And that you're going that you're, you know, your next race is going to be a Kansas. Obviously Mm -hmm. that's home for you. That's home track. Right. So, I mean, I know obviously that's going to be so much fun for you because you know, that's you going home and being able to go, you know, go race there. And, you know, that's, it's a, it's a nostalgia thing, but also it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's home and that's going to automatically, you know, bring you the warm and fuzzies and things like that, you know? Exactly. It's all the emotions for myself and my team. I had my home track debut earlier in the year uh, in May Mm -hmm. and it was one of those where you just realize that's the moment that you've been working for, for your whole career. And so it felt like it just all clicked and came together. And that was incredible because I I kept telling people, and this is so true that, you know, every week of my childhood, um, I would drive by the speedway and be like, I'm going to race there one day. And then it finally came true that weekend. And it was one of those where I just was like, I was blown away with the fact that I could be there racing at my home track, you know, achieving one of the dreams I've had for my whole, my whole childhood. Um, We live 20 minutes from Kansas Speedway. So, you know, it's, it's not abnormal for me to get to spend time there. And it was just, it was incredible. And I was so lucky. I had, um, we had such busy, uh, such a busy pit stall. We had like 40 people in the pits with us that weekend. We just, we had so many people there supporting us, family members that hadn't gotten to see me race ever before and a lot of family friends. And that was just, it was a weekend that was um, so crazy emotional, but one of the best weekends of my career. 
Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like you mentioned, it was your debut. That was like your first, yeah. your first race, your first mm-hmm. track, and it's your home track. You know, with all your family and friends. I mean, honestly, you have to be dead inside to not feel some <laughs> type of emotion, right? right. I mean, that's because that was a huge day for you, no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, because obviously, you've been saying that since you were little. I'm going to race there. And you finally made that debut. And then, you know, then ARCA, like not some smaller division, you know, this is like huge. This is like, you know, you've you've made it, made it, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, because I mean, NASCAR, if you think about it, NASCAR is really the the highest you've got here, right? So NASCAR is it. It's like, I've made it, right? And you made it. And for, yeah, for I mean, that came full circle for you. Yeah, and to have the opportunity to race there twice in a year, get to go back there mm-hmm. in uh, just under a month, it's, like, so special, and I'm so very blessed. I'm so excited to go back and see what we can take from what we learned in uh, in May and see what we can do for our fans. We have a ticket link out already, and I'm super excited about that. Kansas Speedway, since they're my home track, they've – um done nothing but incredible things for me and really have worked hard to make me feel welcome and at home um so that's been really good that they've rallied around me at my own home track and uh really kind of helped my fans out with a discounted ticket link as well yeah and that's amazing and yeah for um for everybody that is uh listening that link will be in the description. So you guys will definitely be able to get access to that, you know, so you can go, go support Mandy, like just go, you know, like why not? Like go support her. And I mean, obviously, I mean, Kansas is a great track anyway, but yeah, go, go support Beautiful facility. Yeah. Definitely go do that because she deserves all the support. And it's her home track. I mean, come on, like it's her home. So it'll be worth it. I yeah. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, thank you, Mandy, for coming on. I appreciate you, you know, coming on here and sharing your story and letting everybody know about who you are, which obviously be crazy if they don't know who you are already. Like, come on, like you're on TV oh, all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's a NASCAR of course you know who she is you know oh my goodness but, yeah but no um you know really thank you for coming on and sharing I mm-hmm. I appreciate it and honestly I wish you nothing but the best and I wish you all, all thank you so well so oh, thank you that means a lot and thank you so much for having me on this podcast I really appreciate it yeah no no problem glad mm-hmm. to have you <laughs> Hey guys, so that was it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mandy. I know I did. Um, it was great having her on, and she was so much fun to interview as well. So, um, as she mentioned, make sure that you check out the link that I have in the description um, for the offer uh, for Kansas Speedway. Uh, that is on September the 8th is when ARCA races there. So definitely make sure that you um, that you go to that link on FIVO.com um, for discounted tickets um, on general admission and also the fan walk. Um, also, racerwear.store. Use the promo code CHICK for discount at checkout. 
and also Mandy's Short Track Heroes page. There will be merch on there um, for Kansas Speedway, which, once again, is on September the 8th. Uh, so go to shorttrackheroes.com slash collection slash Mandy dash chick, and you'll be able to purchase uh, merch there. Um, like I said, all those links will be in the description. Um, also... If you are a subscriber to the VIP section newsletter or you follow the podcast on any platform, you get to listen to the podcast the night before it actually drops Um, because I do not promote on social media until the next day, but you guys get to listen to it at 10 p.m. Central on the night prior so uh, we are at two episodes a week now so that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays so if um, if so you get to listen to the podcast Monday night or Wednesday night if you uh, follow the our podcast on any platform or if you are subscribed to the vip section newsletter so definitely um make sure that you guys do one of those two and um and yeah i will see you guys on thursday take care